So the other day I broke the chair, like my desk chair in my office at home. Oh, you know no. how I sit weird? I'm always <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. putting my legs and feet up and I ripped the back of it right oh, off because no. I've been doing that for, oh, I've had that chair for like two years and I've been doing it 10 times a yeah. day. To Did just you like fall get out of it? No, no, no. I just went and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so now I can't lean back in the chair, which I didn't really do anyway because uh-huh. I'm always sitting with like my feet. You could get a new chair. I ordered one. Oh great. It's coming. Right, but well, it, I was solved. But now it's like, I keep going to do the same yeah. move now and I'm like, I can't, I'm trying to get myself out of that habit before yeah. the chair arrives tomorrow. All right, great. That's this, my story. I'm so glad we did this today. Okay. Hi, Julia Pezzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Oh, fam. You know. Yeah, you know. Exactly. You know. you know what? Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Would I want them to join the Facebook group. Please ask them nicely, too. If you're into it, why don't you join the Facebook group, please? I mean, tell them what goes on in there. It's so fun and friendly and sweet and kind. Yeah, it's the True Crime Obsessed Podcast discussion group. Yeah. And you discuss the pod. You discuss episodes or not. Or you, you just, like, give updates on your life if that's what you're into. Yeah, people keep uh, posting pics of their dogs and asking you to say hi. They're, like, meetup. Yes, I love them all. <laughs> if I miss it, it's because I don't see it. My notifications yes. are a mess, but I love them all just, like... Just want to say that across yeah. the board. But there are also like meetups at, like within the group, like people are making friends and meeting up in, in real life or just like virtual the, friends. I'm telling you, like the Salt Lake City meetup group is my fave. There's a Minneapolis one that's happening now. There, there was a DC one for a long time. There's all, they're all over the place. So just go. Oh, and if you like live in a city and you don't have a lot of friends, get in there and say, I live in this town. They, that happens all the time. Happens all the time. If you're moving or you just like you, whatever, just make new friends in there. It's a true crime obsessed podcast discussion group. There you go. All right. What are we talking about today? So welcome to our second bonus episode. Hello. Yay. Hello. Surprise, everyone. Surprise. This is an episode of 2020 called Family Secrets. It is a wild ride. Tonight, a daughter's discovery of family secrets and scandals leading to a dramatic showdown. Drop the gun. Drop the gun. Behind the scenes, Kim was nonstop digging, digging for answers, getting proof. Now we're taking you inside her obsessed six-year crusade to catch the killer. What kind of crimes? Are you talking murder? 2020 tonight going into a dangerous underworld no one could have imagined. Drugs and a lot of money. Inevitably a murder of April Kaufman. Before this hour is over, there will be another shocking death. But is that the end of the story? This is my life, and I feel like this is the worst made-for-TV movie on the planet episode has like 700 hosts. We got Amy Robach, who is not Andrea Canning. No, no, no. Then we've got David Muir, who's just divinely handsome. Deborah Roberts. And Deborah Roberts. I'm just saying, I feel like Dateline can get it done with one. I don't know why 2020 needs three. Maybe because they're diff- they're like investigating or they're all like work for 2020 and it's yep. like, I have something to say about totally. this. I'd like to be involved. <laughs> who knows? I never really understand that whole like, we're going to introduce this segment from in the studio and then you'll never see us again until the end. You're talking to Lester Holt. Just say it. <laughs> Don't like subtweet yeah. Lester Holt. I just don't look Lester. I love you. I just don't know. I just don't. I just don't understand the format. Yeah. Should we have like somebody else? Should we have like Steve and Natalie introduce? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Just like have them nope, sitting down. Okay. No. Nope. Or like Aaron and Megan. No. 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 no, 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 no. no, no we just just nothing us. about all those people. But like they don't want it either. <laughs> no, You're welcome, everyone. I just <laughs> they, they just all went. Oh New my God. Idea. We don't have to. Everyone, nope. we're having a family meeting. No. 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 no we're not. No. Don't worry about it. As you were. Thank you. <laughs> but I really think we should try. No. 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 Overrule. New year, new me. We're not doing it. (laughs) Okay, great. Moving on. April Kaufman is our victim. Yes. She is many things. Driving the corridor between Atlantic City and Philadelphia weekdays between the hours of 2 and 4 
You may have heard this voice on WIBG-FM. If you don't vote, I will find out I'm going to your house. I'm dragging you outside. That's the no-nonsense April Kaufman. If you don't vote, I'm going to come to your house and drag you to the voting booth. I don't know exactly what her party affiliation is. I don't even care. I agree. Go fucking vote. Go vote. Yeah, I don't know either. I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it. I want to pause on one thing here. Yeah. She loves veterans. Yes, she does. I will never understand why veterans... Somebody says April wanted veterans treated like rock stars. I will never, never understand why that is not the case in this country. She's such an advocate for them. My sister served seven tours between Iraq, Afghanistan, and Africa. Ben, my my brother-in-law, Steve's brother, served almost as many, if not maybe even more. I will never understand why we do not take care of our vets more. Oh, I know. I will. I just don't get it. Like, you want more people to sign up for the military treat? I look. I, know, I could do, could this, do for, this forever. I could do this for forever. We could have a whole series where it's like six months about vets, another six yes. months about teachers. Yes. Then, you know, there's just so many people but that the were vets not just like, like in, in particular, like literally go fight and die for our country and for for decades. I, like yes. for decades, we haven't been treating them. And if you as have well like family be. members who are vets, you see what it does to them. You yeah. see the toll it takes. Yeah. They can't like they have to wait nine months for a doctor's appointment. What is it's happening? Insane. What is happening? Look. April saying all those things. I know. On sorry, radio sorry, show. No, back. really, she is. Like, yes. she she is. Yes. So we're in Linwood, New Jersey. Yes. We learned that it's an upscale neighborhood. Very fancy. Like, not far from the Jersey Shore. Yes. Um, she lived there with her husband, Dr. Jim Kaufman, who we learn is a prominent endocrinologist. What the hell does an endocrinologist do? That's hormones, right? I don't know. That's like blood and hormones. I could have looked it up. I did not. I was Guess too what? mad about I'm the I'm doing vets. it now. Okay, great. Can't get mad at me today. I'm looking it up. <laughs> That's like blood and stuff, right? Sure. I mean, if you say, you're the one with the magic phone. Endocrinology is the study of hormones. I was right. Hormones are essential for our everyday survival. Thanks, Google. <laughs> okay, great. They control our temperature, <laughs> sleep, mood, stress, whatever. Okay, hormones. I was right. I agree. April and husband Dr. Jim Kaufman are the community's consummate power couple. The two of them were well-known individually as well as together. They really wanted to be involved in the community. They also like to have some fun. And they were like known as powerhouses individually, and then they got together, and it was like, wow, unstoppable, yes. right? Travel down the road back again. Girl, Rocket Money is back. Once again, I'm obsessed with Rocket Money, fam. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. It is Steve in an app form. Yeah, there are a lot of subscriptions that sort of trick you. Like, if you don't read the fine print, suddenly you've resubscribed. I can't tell you before Rocket Money how many times I've gotten the email that's like, thanks for your new (laughs) yearly renewal. And I'm like, for what? I know. So Rocket Money takes care of all that for you. Yeah, and and Rocket Money makes it so you can see all your subscriptions all your I'm so excited I can't say subscription. You can't say subscription. They make it so you can see all your subscriptions in one place and if you see something you don't want you can cancel it with one tap. That's what I'm talking about. You never have to call customer service. You cancel with a tap. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, oh, if you want to cancel, why don't you call this number? They make it really difficult. Rocket Money does all of this. And they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. Can can you believe that? That person believes in you more than your mother. I know. <laughs> and Rocket Money is over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The first time I used it, I can't remember the actual dollar amount now, but it was something like $680 it's or shocking. something. It's shocking. A year. I know. Fam, stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash obsessed. That's rocketmoney.com slash obsessed. Rocketmoney.com slash obsessed. It's one tap canceling. I know. They're doing it for you. They're doing it for They're you. Negotiating like, I know. Come on. Oh my God. I love it.
We learned about their daily routine. Dr. Kaufman would get up very early before the sunrise. He would head into his practice. And he and his wife, April, had a standing phone call at 8.30 a.m. every morning. Yeah. So May 10th, 2012, April does not answer the morning phone call. Yes. And Jim is calling and calling and there's no answer. And so Jim calls their handyman to go check on the house. Where he discovers a horror. Right. So at first I was like, I don't know if I'd immediately jump to someone checking on Mike if he doesn't answer the phone. Like maybe he overslept. It's 830. But and then I'm like, but then again, if this is your standing call for yeah. years, then I guess I would be very alarmed. It's also 2012. Like it's the era of cell phones and texting so it is weird like if she's like they know they have an 8.30 a.m. call and she's not like babe I'm gonna be 15 minutes late I'm in the shower that's what I mean if whatever. it's something yeah the only thing I think of is that she overslept but then call the landline and that'll wake her up you know yeah it, that is true I didn't think about that like it, it is a little suspicious that he immediately jumps to somebody's gotta go over and check and then has her. someone like discover this horrible scene I don't because know because that is what always fucking happens they, they always send somebody to discover the body yeah or you know like maybe call again at like 9 uh-huh. or 9.30 but just to immediately go to I'm just like that was a little curious to me. If I'm wrong about that, because yes. like it's a standing call and like she'd never miss it. But I don't know if I would immediately go to calling someone to go to the house. I only think that it would be worrying because like there's many ways she could have communicated with him that she wasn't going to make and the 830 call. And she anything. did not. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. So we hear the handyman call 911. This poor guy. Can you imagine? I like- know. And it's all these, it's like these poor pe- ancillary people who always get like stuck with this shit. Like he discovered a dead body that will be with him for the rest of his fucking life. And so like he calls 911. Jim, the husband calls 911. They're both calling 911. And I got to tell you, we hear Jim calling the cops and he sounds pretty calm. This is Dr. Kaufman. I just got called by my house person that my wife is face down on the floor. My partner's sending out the emails as we speak. Okay. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm getting there as fast as I can. Not shocked, I'll say that. Not he knows surprised. his wife is dead yeah. because the handyman has called him back and been like, your wife is dead. So oh, he God. knows his wife. Like, he's not calling the cops wondering what's happening. He knows there's been a murder yeah. and he's very calm. And he also calls Kim, who's April's daughter and yeah. Jim's stepdaughter. And this is where he's like a little more emotional yes. because Kim is here with us. Kim is here telling the story. Yes. Kim, who's our victim's daughter, our victim, April. So he, Kim says, no, he called me and he was a wreck. He just keeps repeating the words, mom's dead, mom's dead, mom's dead. And we learn that like by the time the cops get to the house, it's a media frenzy. Yes. Right. And I was thinking like she was like a, lo- a local celebrity. But we're talking like paparazzi newspapers and helicopters. And I was like, it is weird how famous you can be in a town just for being the rich people. And also something true tragic happened. Yes. You know, like, I guess that that was happening. I guess that's true. You know? But like, it just seems like a lot of media for, like, the local radio talk show host or whatever. Yeah, because something tragic happened in a town where nothing like that ever happens. Also, Nancy Grace is here. I don't oh know my why. God. She adds nothing of value to I telling know. the story. I don't get it. She says one thing that I I'm know. like, oh, shit, I agree with her. But other than that, like, whatever. Can we get your Nancy Grace impression? It's been a minute. Oh, God. What did she do? Like, um... <laughs> Your murdered lover! God. Nancy Grace, you uh, suck. Nancy Grace is one of those people who like doesn't believe in wrongful convictions. I don't have any time. I I'm not know. Doing this anymore. Do you remember when we saw Nancy Grace at CrimeCon? Yes. It was like our year two at CrimeCon. The like, only time we went to CrimeCon because yes. we never went back. For we never went reasons. back. But we were setting up our booth and Nancy Grace walked in. She's two feet tall and she was waving at nobody. Mm-hmm. Remember, she was walking like the pageant in, wave. Like the pageant wave. To no one. At nobody. And was she practicing? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to practice my pageant yeah, wave. You know? 
Crime Con is the kind of place that celebrates like Nancy Grace and the Cannibal Con. I so. know. <laughs> Do the math. Anyway, more uh, importantly, yeah. Lee and Peg are here and they're April's friends. Yes. And they're like friends since they were teenagers. Like, so they're telling us April's backstory. She made everybody feel like they were her best friend. Didn't matter who they were, the checkout, the parking lot cart guy, you know, hey, beautiful, hey, handsome, how you doing today? Friends Peg O'Boyle and Lee Darby knew April since she was a teenager and knew her well enough to know that her outward glow masked an inner pain. Peg and Lee just, like, adore her. Yes. But April had a really rough childhood. This blew my mind. We learned that when she was 11, her mother gave her brothers and sister up for adoption. I went, fucking what? Yeah, so April was adopted by her grandmother. But, like, what are the circumstances that at 11, the mom is giving the kids up for adoption? Like, I'm not judging April's mom because Lord only knows. Maybe she was saving those kids from a really abusive father. I We have no idea. But, like, that is traumatic. And what struck me, too, is that April was adopted by her grandmother, but her brothers and sisters went into foster care. I cannot tell you, as a former foster parent, how traumatizing this all sounds to me. Yeah, and we we never hear about these siblings again, so I was just wondering, like, did they stay in touch? Like, what happened to them? Yeah, we never see them here. And and as, like, an 11-year-old back when she was 11, like, you didn't really have any agency to stay in touch. There was no No. social media. Oh, God. Could she have found them somehow or like, did she want to? Like, we don't know, but we just know that no matter what the situation is like this, this definitely would make for what someone could call a rough childhood. Like, I this mean, is not this what, is scary. Ever the circumstances were for the mother to be like, fuck this. I'm getting rid of all my kids. Also, what happened to the mom? And where was the dad? Or like, the I, grandmother? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know why April was with the grandmother. Like, we, there's a lot we don't know here. But again, like, it's we don't horrendous. We don't need to know anything other no. than like, oh, OK, so yes. this is something that April was dealing with at 11. Yes. Understood. And so we learned. You know, I think she had her thirst for being, you know, feeling loved. She just wanted to be loved. She would discover unconditional love at 17 when she gave birth to Kim with her first husband. She was an incredible mom. She seemed to just instinctively know what to do. Her friends say, like, April just always wanted to be loved. So when yes. she, I think when April, like, sees an opportunity for that to happen as a 17-year-old, because God knows what the last six years of her life have been yep. like, this makes sense to me. Peg, her friend, says that April was just an incredible mom. She just instinctively knew what to do, to which I said, that's amazing, because I do not. Uh-huh. Like, I love being a dad. I love being Daisy's dad. I do not have the instinct. Did you, I mean, I'm sure Steve did, but were you sort of like... How do you change a diet? Like, were you looking oh, yeah. things up about, oh, like, yes. like, what to do? It's in my book. I write about when we went through the foster care training. I thought the training was, like, here's how you change a diaper. Oh, here's yeah, how no. you, like, make a body. It was not that at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So when they gave us the baby, I was like, but I really do not know how to change a right. diaper. They're I like, do not know how to do it. Keep her alive. See I know. Ya. Truly. And, it, like, changing a diaper is way easier than you might think if you're, I mean, like, they make it very, yeah, they make it very simple. <laughs> but I, I'm always amazed when I meet people who have that parenting instinct who just know what to do in any situation. Like, I am I'm not that guy. Here's a question. I'm not, I don't mean to sound, this might make me sound terrible, but like how often do they eat? They have to eat yeah, like yes. pretty consistently because oh, yes. they're still growing as little babies. When right? they're you don't babies, wanna... they have to have like, we were formula feeding Daisy, obviously. And like, there's a certain ounce. 
ounces that she's supposed to. Our doctor was great. The doctor said, like, you have to look at eating for babies as a week time span and not a day. Because, like, they should eat this many ounces of formula in a week. So, like, if she eats more today or way less today, like, every Sunday we're doing the tally to see, like, how how we do. And I did. I had the journal. I wrote it down every time. Oh, God, it took forever. But yes. Wow. I love being a dad. I just, like, there are definitely moments where I'm like, I do not, I don't, I don't know. I just don't fucking know. April had it. April knew. At 17, she knew, right? And, like, the friends were, because, so, April and Kim, her daughter, were really, really close. And her friends tell this really cute story. She always spoke to Kimberly like a little adult. And we used to call her Agnes. Agnes Beeswax. (laughs) Because she was this little old soul. April just wanted the best for her and gave her the best that she possibly could. You know, she worked hard. She was such an old soul because April always talked to her like a human adult. Now, I don't always condone that. Like, there are certain things with Daisy where I'm like, okay, we swear openly in front of her because she lives in New York City. She's going to hear it. Like, whatever. But, like, I I like it in this instance that, like, April talked to her like an adult because they were just the two of them against the world. And I I get they had to be. I'm also like, let a kid be a kid. But you, you know, you know what I mean? I think you can do both. Yes. Yes. I think you can do both. I just like it stands out to me where I'm like, I don't know. I talk to Daisy like she's an adult, but I talk about what she wants to talk about. Yeah, correct. You know, so if we're talking about makeup or she's telling me what she's watching, like, I'm not going to dumb it down for her. Uh She's not dumbing it down for me. Uh I don't know what the hell she's watching. (laughs) But I think that's I mean, I would think that that's how you do it when you are talking to a kid. Like and that. they just say, like, she was just a good mom. She wanted the best for Kim. And she, she like, went out of her way to make sure that Kim had a great life. Like, like she was a great, and Kim loves oh, her mother. Yeah. So April dropped out of school when she got pregnant, but she went back and got her GED. No, she didn't. She clawed her way back. Nancy Grace. According to Nancy. Nancy? <laughs> she didn't just go back, GP. She clawed she her clawed way back. back. But April is, like, again, a powerhouse because she opened a salon yeah. and a catering business and a cafe. Like, lots of irons in the fire. And she was a radio host, don't forget. I wrote, she sounds like a badass. I just wish it was anyone but Nancy Grace telling us this. I know. It's funny that you stopped writing down when Nancy Grace was talking because I, I wrote it every single time. I she clawed like, her way oh, back. Oh, right. <laughs> My sweet. <laughs> she clawed her way back. Like, I know. Back from what? <laughs> She's just like being a badass and she has a I lot know. of interest. Like, I what know. are you saying? I know. So, I know. But we also learned like she works hard, she played hard. She liked motorcycles and fast cars. She did. She did. When she got her first motorcycle, she said, uh, I'll give you $300 to get on the back of my motorcycle. And I was like, no way. My feet are on the ground. And she would be like, all right, $500. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting on the back of your motorcycle. Um, just the need for speed and wasn't afraid. She started at 300 and yeah. Kim's like, Mom, no. And then April was like, 500? And I Kim's was like, like, still no, Mom. I was seriously judging this until I remembered that last week I literally paid Daisy $10 to let me take her picture. <laughs> well, I gave her picture- $10 in cash. Daisy, can I tell Who you a story? Who came up with that number? Me. How- I, it was me. You started at 10? I started at 10. Do you know 10. how to negotiate at all? I don't know. I wanted the picture and I wanted it now. Daisy is a money saver. She's kind of a money hoarder. She's got like a like a bank in her room. I learned the other day at Old Navy that Daisy has a little pocket in her coat where she keeps quarters in case she ever encounters a gumball machine. Do you want to know how I learned this? When you encountered a gumball machine? Well, we were at Old Navy and there was a, a machine. like a, It was a gumball machine, but it was for those bouncy balls. Let me tell you. Wait a second. When I tell you what happened, Daisy saw 
a little boy standing in front of the gum in th- front of that bouncy ball machine, and she said, "Daddy, can I go buy him a bouncy ball?" And yes, I said, <gasps> "Well, I said his dad is standing right next to him. You have to ask the dad." Oh right. So That's she goes. A better answer. Well, sorry. She like, everyone bouncy balls for everyone. <laughs> I, I used to fucking love those things. If there was a if there was a machine to put a quarter in, yes. oh god, I'd I make a beeline for it. But Daisy's like, I'm, she's not the best sharer in the world. She walked right she's over not. to the dad. She's not, and she said to the dad, "Like, can I buy him a bouncy ball?" And the dad didn't speak English. He only spoke Spanish. And Daisy used like hand signs to show what she wanted she got the little boy a ball and she handed it to him and before anybody could say anything she goes you're welcome and turned and walked away that's a hell of a story I know my little baby it was so she didn't even get one for herself I was gonna say she didn't get herself no she wanted to get it for because she could see that he was standing in front of it because he wanted it and she had that little pocket full of quarters I didn't even know she had secret quarter stash see she's a good kid who's saying she's not oh she's my little baby okay I paid her $10 for a picture. Was it good? I don't know. I don't know. You I don't just, even remember. You wanted the action of I taking just a wanted photo. the picture. Because you don't have 10,000 of them <laughs> I already. Know. I know. Travel down the road back again. Girl, Next Evo Naturals is back. I'm telling you, they started sponsoring us like a year ago, which is when I started really taking the CBD stuff seriously. Yeah. I love the Next Evo Naturals. You can try their strongest gummy ever, the new Extra Strength Daily Wellness CBD gummies, which customers love, including me. Yeah. Here's the thing. They are not doing that oil-based thing. No. So oil-based CBD doesn't mix well with our ahem, water-based bodies. <laughs> so you absorb as low as 6% of the CBD on the label. So Nextevo Naturals, they're getting rid of all that. Yeah. And Nextevo is the only brand that's conducted human clinical studies to test the value of their products. And the results were good. Yeah. Their products are proven to absorb four times better than most oil-based products. <laughs> and they work super fast with absorption starting in just 10 minutes. You're 10 minutes away from feeling better. I gotta tell you, I was really skeptical about starting the CBD thing when yeah. I started, but I take it all the time. I take their extra strength wellness gummies. I've taken their gummies for sleeping. Mm-hmm. I've taken their gummies like just during the day to calm down. I know, and God knows you need it. I know. <laughs> Fam, leave oil behind and start the year with more effective and fast-acting CBD from Nextevo Naturals. Get 25% off any order or up to 60% off as a new subscriber by using code TCO at nextevo.com. That's 25% off your order or up to 60% off new subscriptions at N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com with promo code TCO. There you go. Oh my God, I love it so much. I know. Oil base. I know. <laughs> Woof. Woof. <laughs> so April finally meets Jim Kaufman and they yes. say like she finally met her match. She drives a Harley, smokes cigars, he's a doctor, he was a green beret in the military. Like those people are no joke, Yeah, right? a doctor. I get it. Let's, um, there's... <laughs> Mm, there's a ca- I know where we're going. A caricature sketch for Jim's 60th birthday. Yeah. Can we unpack it? Please. I thought I would like nothing more. Okay, great. So he's a pirate, <laughs> like on the small boat. Yes. You've seen these caricatures, fam. You know what of we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. In fact, this caricature sketch for Jim's 60th birthday seems to sum up the couple's life. There's April, the buxom Jersey girl, overshadowed by her larger-than-life new husband, who's prominently depicted with a gun, big cigar, and something else, military tattoos. Booze in one hand. Yes. Smoking a cigar. He's got an eye patch, a yep. big scar. Military tattoos. Yep. Parrot on his shoulder because, of course, he's a pirate. Uh, he's holding a gun. Yeah. And there's like a scared turkey looking at the gun on the bottom. So I guess he's a hunter. Yep. He's sailing away from both Aruba and a hospital. <laughs> 
I guess Aruba was like a vacation spot of choice. Uh-huh. And April is way in the back. Way in the back. Barely see her. Wearing like a sexy maid's outfit yeah. on a Harley, sipping a martini with an enormous diamond on one hand. And she's holding up scissors in the other. Right. <laughs> and that's a lot. for yeah. it. That's like a lot. of. I mean, I guess if it was for a 60th birthday, like they kind of went to someone who, this isn't maybe, or maybe it was on the boardwalk. They were right near yeah. the Jersey Shore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know? I but used to like know a, a guy who made those caricatures. Did he ever get people like upset, like insulted no. who don't get that it's a caricature? I think that like you go out of your way to make make them flattering. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But they're like a character is kind of like they're not supposed to be like, wow, sexy caricature. No, but <laughs> like, I remember going to him. That's also a funny, sexy Halloween costume. <laughs> sexy <laughs> caricature. I remember thinking like if I ever asked him to draw me, he would give me cheekbones. So that was my okay. favorite thing. <laughs> Do you have any of the things oh, that he I'll have to go through and see if I can find them. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But we learn that Jim is a war hero. He's had purple hearts and sharpshooter medals from being in the war to which I said which war? He's a Vietnam veteran. Yes. So because Kim Kim is here again April's daughter telling us about Jim's time in the military and like 2020 in their infinite wisdom is playing that song War What Is It Good For? Oh god. Which is again one of those popular protest songs like yeah, of, of course. all time. I'm just saying. So Jim is like uh, just ask Jim he'll tell you about what a superstar he was on the battlefield. Because Kim wanted to do a project on him and he was like okay you can interview me for this project but there's two rules. And they're major rules. Major rules. There were two rules to this interview. One, you can never ask my mother about this anything pertaining to this interview. And two, you have to destroy the tape when you're finished. You have to destroy this tape when we're finished with it. And Kim's like, this seems like a lot, but you know what? Out of respect for the Vietnam veterans, yes. like they go through a lot. Like yep. it's not, you know, small price to pay to yeah. like t- hear this amazing story from the person who lived it for my school project. You know what? It's fine. If you don't want a record of this trauma, yes. totally, my totally mom understand, a war right? hero. Oh my God. So Kim tells us what, Jim told her on the tape, like, from memory. Yes. Jim tells Kim that while Vietnam, his camp was ambushed. Yes. And his fellow soldiers were all, like, stabbed and left for dead. And Jim is this lone survivor. He gets stabbed, but he doesn't die. No, he, he's the only survivor. And, he like, his sole mission was bringing back all of their dog tags so they could be identified and their families could know what happened to their loved ones. Yes. Like, this is this is amazing. This is just unbelievable. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? It's just woo. But it's Jim's experience in the military that motivates April to be such a fierce advocate for veterans. And she does amazing work. She does amazing work. And this is where they say April thought veterans should be rock stars. I fucking agree. Like I cannot stand that. Absolutely. It. So Mother's Day 2012 is April's funeral. Like, and I'm just uh, like, Mother's Day. I know. God. They say, they describe it like a state procession. Yeah. And at the same time where people are honoring April so beautifully, like the rumor mill is working overtime. Yeah, except it's true. So, <laughs> but everyone, but do, do you have to speculate about? I know. Well, because Deborah Roberts, the host, asks Kim like, hey, people were saying that your mom was having affairs. And Kim was like, listen, all I'm going to say is that. You know, they had a very very unhealthy relationship, the both of them. And I will just say that there were indiscretions on both sides of the fence. And I'll leave it at that. Did it concern you that maybe somebody that she had been involved with could have killed her? No, but I certainly provided those people's names to the police and I allowed them to do their due diligence. 
But I did my due diligence. I provided the cops with all of the information. Oh, yeah, I gave everybody's phone number. Exactly. Because, like, in case it hasn't been clear enough, Kim very much thinks that Jim is the guy. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, what, like, what's the deal with Stepfather Jim? Yeah. Like, what's his deal? Because he has been a jerk to Kim almost this entire time. Because Kim is saying that, like, in the days after the murder, everyone is reaching out to her. All of her mom's friends, all of her friends, everyone is being there for her. The only person she doesn't hear from is Jim. And she says, he was very cold to me. He always kept me at arm's length. Not just now, but always. We see a video of her wedding day. Of Kim's wedding. Kim, the daughter, the one who's here. Her wedding day, the photographer is trying to get a picture of her in the middle of her mother and Jim. And like, you see, Kim is like looking down. She's feeling very awkward. She doesn't want this photo to be taken. Jim steps in. He's looking really fucking grumpy. And it's only when the photographer is like, three, two, one, smile. He smiles. He does not touch her, put his hand on her in any way. You hear the click of the camera of the shot being taken and he walks away. There's no warmth. No. They're not looking at each other. This was an obligation because yes. someone's grandmother wanted it. You yeah. know, like no one, wa- there was no like love there. And you can also see the tension between April and yes. Jim. Like it's just bad news. Because we learned that Jim is doing all of the things that like these controlling abusive men do. Yeah, he's also like a petulant child. Yes. Like he, like Kim and her mom would be in the living room talking and he'd like go in and like turn the lights off yes. and walk away. Like what? He's trying to drive a wedge between, it's like so dirty John, you know, yes, like he's so trying to drive John. a wedge between the daughter and the mom who are super close. He also completely controlled her cash flow. He's super controlling about wanting to know who she's talking to and who she's with at all times. And so remember, April and Kim are super, super close. Yeah. So two months before April's murder, they'd been married for 10 years and April has had enough. And she's talking to Kim, her daughter, about it, saying like she's getting things in order for her to leave. And he and Kim says like made it clear to her that she wasn't going to divorce him and take half of his empire. That was his famous words. Did you get any feeling that your mom might have been in any kind of danger? She had made it clear over the years that he had threatened to kill her several times, but would always follow up with, he doesn't have the guts to do it. Jim was like angry and hateful and threatened to kill her like several times over the last few years. So come on. Yeah. But then also, despite all of this, Jim is not named as a suspect, but they say some might say he began acting like a suspect. Well, this 2020, we got to do better. I know because I I know I'm going to agree with exactly what you're going to say. Because Jim hires a lawyer right after her murder. And I'm like, that's not an an admission of guilt. No. Like, remember, we're covering cases that make it to 2020 and Netflix or whatever. People hire lawyers every day and documentaries don't get made about it. Hire a lawyer always. Especially in this case where it's A, so clear that he's going to be a suspect because like he knows they're going to learn that the marriage wasn't good, that he said things like this to her in the past. That's going to come out. Also, there's so much money involved here. You know what I mean? Like, of course he's going to hire a fucking lawyer. A lawyer does not mean an admission of guilt. No. So, but the lawyer is Ed Jacobs. He's like the lawyer. He's like a big mafia lawyer. Do you guys, do you know him? I don't. (laughs) <laughs> Does like he come to dinner at your house or whatever? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> um, I just thought maybe we'd get him for like an interview on the Pates or something. No, because he defended Bill Cosby in one oh, of his many yeah. sexual assault oh, yes. cases. So we're not going to That's with true. That. No, it's so funny because Nancy Grace in talking with the lawyer goes, he loves defending high profile criminal cases. His walls and his office are covered with news clips of himself. Nancy girl, let's take a tour of your exactly. office. And like, this guy's sleazy defending, but whatever. But yeah. like, where else do you hang up your accomplishments no. if not your office? Yeah. Like, is that really so bad? No. Like, I know it's not a 
about this and like it's not even about this guy or Nancy Grace but like show off your shit of be course. proud hang your stuff stop in your office stop putting your Oscar in the bathroom put that shit on the mantle where it belongs or, you know like just like display your stuff I like, know I just, and Nancy you're please uh, I'd well, love to see your office I know I mean come on like please so but Jim has an alibi right they say one of the reasons he's not named a suspect is because he has an alibi and I'm like of course he's like he's not gonna be the trigger man yeah there's like footage of him at a convenience store at the time of the murder that to me makes him look more guilty right. you know what I mean Jim's feeling good you right. know he's yes. got an alibi he's got this great attorney and you know what Kim yeah. according to Jim you just need to get it through your head that this might not be solved this is how he's talking to Kim who just lost her mother from they, a like, tragic murder they meet at a restaurant and he says to her you just are gonna have to get it through your thick skull that we may never have an answer here and Kim goes I will never accept that and <laughs> she like, gets no. up and leaves she says like, <laughs> like I will never stop like absolutely not yeah. and then she's like and we never saw each other again Yeah. so hell yeah Kim <laughs> team <laughs> Kim and team April <laughs> Girl, Simply Safe is back. Yeah, Simply Safe was named, if you don't know, the best home security systems of 2024 by US News and World Report, and also you. You're looking at me yeah. because I'm telling you, I say this all the time. I was broken into twice while I was home and asleep. Pre in my, Simply Safe. In my pre Simply Safe life. And since we've had Simply Safe, nary a break in. Yeah, because it offers absolutely everything you need for home protection. Yes. Such as HD cameras for indoors and outdoors. Yep. Advanced motion sensors and entry sensors to protect doors, windows, and rooms. Yep. And a collection of hazard sensors that detect fire, flooding, and more, which maybe is the most terrifying part, and more. They are powered by 24-7 professional monitoring, so whenever your home is threatened, trained agents spring into action for emergency, dispatch, and response, all for under a dollar a day. Yeah, that it's is worth it. money well It's spent. worth it. A dollar a day. A dollar a day. For and more. I, Who knows what's coming. <laughs> and they have a 60-day risk-free trial, so if you don't love your system, you can return it for a full refund. But again, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going you're gonna to wonder how your house wasn't broken into to twice while right. you were home and asleep. You can't believe I can't believe it. Before Simply Safe. I definitely can't I love it. Simply I really it makes me feel safe to having it in the house. I look at it every night before I go to bed. And fam, you can get it too. If you order now, you can get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring. Yeah, don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com slash TCO. That's simplysafe.com slash TCO. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And there's no safe like that lady yelling at the burglars in your house to get out because she can see them. There's no place like home. See? It all yeah, comes back. Totally. Click those heels, everyone. Get out! Get your, your house. Ruby slippers. I'm ready to go. You're my ruby slippers. Aw, thanks. <laughs> Cute. One year after April's murder, there's a candlelight vigil. Noticeably absent, Dr. Jim Kaufman. He marks the milestone another way. We discovered that he was getting ready to auction off all of April's belongings and um, hadn't given anything to Kim. He's doing maybe the cruelest thing that you can do in this moment. Yeah. Which is getting ready to auction off April's belongings. Yeah. Which I to, which I was just saying, like, Jim, like, maybe it's a coincidence. Pick another weekend, girl. You yeah, know what I mean? this is cruel. And you know who was at the vigil? All of the fucking veterans right. that April was trying to help. Right. You know? Right. That you should be helping, you know. So. And also, the thing that we learned about him, like, getting ready to auction off her items, Kim is asking for stuff, things yes. that belong to her mother, and he won't 
won't give them to her. That is so fucked it's, up. It's so cruel. It's so cruel. And it's like, so you're doing it just to be mean. Yes. Because I thought you had an empire, right? right? Like, why are you selling her stuff and things that are just hold emotional, important value to her daughter? And you're just like, not because you can. Right. Like, that's so mean. It's so fucking mean. And so Kim is like just trying to like survive and live her life. You know, like she has like she's married. She has two kids. Like she's just doing her best. She says that she's like trying to stay positive and hold out hope that the case can be solved. But it's also like she's dealing with like her the the dude, the husband being an asshole and the trauma of her mother having just right. been murdered. She we see the inside of her house. She literally has a live, laugh, love thing on the I wall. Know. I was like, I love you, Kim. Kim's allowed. I know. Kim My sister had one of those like in this house. You know what? We believe in hugs. Um, we don't. Know. You know what people posted the Facebook group a lot where it's like in this house we believe in and Bigfoot then it is real and then Bigfoot it's like science yeah, and like gay shit and trans people and like it just I oh, know. it's amazing. So 15 months after April's murder, Jim gets married again to Carol Weintraub. Yeah, Nancy Grace is a real problem with this. She's like, when did that start? No, that's some romance. I now, know. like apparently they started dating right after April was murdered, and like 15 yes. months is in a week. But if you've been yeah. dating for 15 months and your wife was just brutally murdered. I know you had a bad relationship, but like, yeah. you shouldn't see it as like, yes, I can date. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm going to kind of give him a pass on murdered. this. She was murdered, but they weren't happy. Let's say he's not the guy. He's totally the guy. Yeah. But let's say he's not the guy. Like, I could see a world in which it's like, well, she was murdered and that's fucking awful. But yeah. like, I was, we weren't happy for the last five years. We hated each other. And that I understand, but yeah. Jim isn't giving me the, it was awful. No, yeah, I if, agree. If he said it was awful and I found solace in Carol because yes. she was sort of my guardian angel. Oh, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's yeah, not yeah. doing any of that. No. So here's this red flag. Another yeah. red flag. Dr. Kaufman's next move sets off a chain of events that pushes Kim out of limbo. He went after my mom's life insurance policy. And your reaction? No way. Because you know what? This is my only attempt to maybe be able to get some answers and the truth maybe would start to come out. $600,000. And now I'm like, okay, that empire thing is bullshit. Uh-huh. Because he can't have a ton of money. The insurance, yep. the auction. Yep. Like, what's... Right. What, like, they, I'm starting to think, like, mm, What's going on what's here? What's going on right. here? Yeah, that yeah. he's, like, so... Because, like, the right thing to do is give that money to Kim. Right. You know? And Kim's like, good idea, Patrick. Yeah. So <laughs> she just, like, can't take it anymore. Yeah. Because it seems like every time she thinks she can kind of get her life back, like, Jim is doing something shitty. And, like, she can't take it, so she hires a lawyer. I just... I'm sorry. We'll get to that in one second. I cannot imagine a world in which, like, he's selling her mother's things. Yeah. Things that, like, the last remnant... Like, the, her mother was ripped out of her life. I know. And these are the last remaining remnants that he sell. Not even like come and take what you want, and then we'll sell the rest. Right, and he's not, and he's not even selling like things that you would you would say like were quote valuable. Right, yeah. He's not selling stuff to get money. Literally he, Disney mugs. He's selling like heirlooms, things that would mean a lot to Kim to have. Yeah, like her favorite mug, her, yep. like things that were just be meaningful or a nice like token yes that's what he's getting rid of because that's cruel it's just so fucked and it's like I don't know why I keep trying to like make it I keep trying to like find humanity in these you people can't. and you can't you can't yeah it'll make you crazy trying to understand it yeah because you can't understand you it. can't so Kim is like fuck this she can't take it anymore she hires a lawyer because she wants two to, lawyers they're two brothers lawyers. they're brothers yeah a Patrick and Andrew Darcy believing Jim is the killer she files a wrongful death suit against her stepdad to keep him from getting her mom's six hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy I have no choice to respond and to begin to fight for what I know is right. The most significant kind of civil lawsuit you can have is a wrongful death case. 
She wants to file a wrongful death suit against Jim because she wants to stop him from getting that $600,000 life insurance policy. Yes. And Patrick and Andrew are like, behind the scenes, Kim with us, we were constantly digging, trying to find clues and answers. And then we like go to Atlantic City yeah. and suddenly at the Miss America pageant for 10 seconds. I know. There she is. And I'm like, what? I, I know. 2020. They keep talking about like how beautiful Atlantic City is. And I'm here to say no. And there's like, and a lot of crime and corruption. I and know. unsolved cases. And the Miss America. America pageant. And yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. what? What a I know. Whiplash. I mean, I've got one word for you. Fucking Trump. I know. You know? Whatever. So, but now we meet Damon Tyner. Oh, my God. He's amazing. His dad was like a local legend in Atlantic City. His dad was like a firefighter and a cop who like really made a name for himself. But Damon made a name for himself as a superior court judge to the point that he even has a sandwich named after him, Jillian, he at has, the local deli. He has pizza named after him. Oh, my God. Pizza. What would be on your pizza? What would be on the Jillian Pantavali? Oh, my God. I know. It would, honestly, I'm such a basic bitch. Yeah. It would really be like just the best like New York Plains slide. Just the best. But here's what I would do if yeah. I could. You just always get it at the perfect temperature so you're not burning your uh, mouth yeah. on the cheese. Mine is peppers and onions and it comes with a side of ranch and, a, and an orange Fanta. Now, here's the thing, though. Yeah. We've discussed this. Okay. My opinion is that fake pizza, your Domino's, uh -huh. that's all about ranch. Yeah, I guess I'm you're right. I'm not dipping like a corner slice. Uh-huh. We did ranch. get like real New York pizza last night. We did not have ranch and it was delicious. You, can't, it, you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> and you shouldn't have it. Um, She's wagging her finger in my but face, But even like, like if you're in Chicago, right? Yeah, Going yeah. to Lou Malnati's and you're getting like real deep dish. Like even that, no ranch. I'm talking fake yes. corporate pizza. Okay, great. Like, like, like I almost said Dirty John's. Papa John's? No, fuck Papa John's. Oh, great. Fuck him. He's like a bad guy. Oh, great. I'm sure Domino's is I was going to say, we either. know that Domino's is not great either. Well, there's one closer to me. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But Damon is also, I had to rewind this like 30 times. Yeah, I know, because the timeline is weird. And then last year, I, Damon G. Tyner, became I, the first black prosecutor in the county's history. Many seeing him as the city's much-needed savior. I You're doing a good job, man. I appreciate it. a great job. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Thank, Thank you. You know you all right? No, not judge anymore. Yeah, good to see yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> He's the first black prosecutor in the county's history in 2017. And I know. I'm like, that's amazing and also insane. It's 2017, insane. really? I know. And and, and it's, he does it in reverse order than you, because he was a judge first and then becomes a prosecutor. Like, Normally it, it goes the other way. But this fucking guy is amazing. Yeah. Damon is incredible. And like, we're with him on the boardwalk and like, people are coming hey! up to him. Hey! Yeah. On the boardwalk. <laughs> on the boardwalk. And like, we're with, like, he's just outside going for an interview with our host and people are like, this guy's like changing Atlantic Seriously? City. Like, we love this guy. So there are a hundred when he steps into office, right, there are yeah. 140 unsolved murders dating back to the 70s. And Damon wants to get to the bottom of every last one of them. Yes. So he asks his team, let's start kind of, quote, like, simple. Yep. Which is the most solvable? And every member of his team, everyone said April Kaufman. Yes. And he's like, all right, let's go. I know, which is wild. Because then we learn that in the five years, so it's it's five years since the murder, nothing, had, nothing meaningful had been done to investigate the case. And so 2020, he tries to get in touch with the former prosecutor Jim McLean about it and through his spokesperson he says no comment no comment to which what I say dick. I want to see that guy's like financials because Jim apparently Jim the, the who we're going to find out is behind the murder obviously has money he's obviously donating to this guy's like re-election campaign there's got to be a reason there's got to be, be a financial reason why this guy is not investigating this rich guy's dead 
murdered wife. And then doesn't have any comment about it. And no comment. I don't like it. Yeah. But this is like great for the morale of the case, right? Like yeah. someone is listening. Someone cares. Like Kim feels seen and yes. heard. It's great. So, but now let's go back to 2014 because we see a deposition of Jim, the stepdad, being deposed for four and a half hours. Because this is when Kim sued him for the wrongful death, right? So so it was never investigated. Now it's being, the, the death is being investigated. Back then he was just getting sued right. for the wrongful death. And this is like the four hour deposition. And this is when someone's like, four and a half hours under oath is a long <laughs> time. So he's talking about his 18 guns. He just loves guns. Uh, and then like the crocodile tears about April's death. At one point his lawyer's like, could someone get this man a tissue? I gotta tell you, the emo- at this point I was still kind of like, I don't know. Mm. Like the, the emotion seemed legitimate to me. Yeah. I know. I'm a, Are you I'm ready a, to have it all shattered? Because like we're here. We're I know. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in the middle of the crocodile tears, he very casually admits that. Have you ever served in any branch of the military? No. That's right. Dr. Kaufman forced to come clean about his so-called stellar military record. Those purple hearts, those sharpshooter medals, all lies. Did you ever tell Kim Pack you were in the military? Yes. Did you ever tell anyone that you were a Green Beret? Yes. Who'd you tell? I don't recall how many people I told. Everything he said about his time in the military was a lie. He was never in the like, military. This is so fucked. They call it stolen valor. Like, think about how big that lie is. I mean, because it's not like he was just saying, like, oh, I went to basic training and I served a couple years in the army. He's- or I was in Vietnam. Even like I was in Vietnam, I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? He says he has purple hearts and sharpshooting awards. That story that that he told Kim that no one could record or listen to ever about like being the lone standing guy. And he's like. That like just think of that I know. lie really shows like what a bad person you it are. It is. I mean, it is. You know, like I, I we're not a military family. My sister was in the military, and like it, it, it was a knife to my heart. And it's just like because he's being very honest. He's like yes. I, that school project. Like I lied about everything. Yeah, he wasn't a green beret. And because at one point they say, "Have you ever told anyone you were a green beret?" Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah." And they go, yeah. "Who do you tell?" And he's like, "I mean, everyone I've ever met. Like I, I, don't, I don't, don't even a, remember. Yeah. I don't have a number in front of me, but like if you've met me, I probably bragged about being a green beret." He was prepared for this. Ooh. He saw this coming a mile away because he knew the only person he ever told that story to was Kim and this is Kim who's suing him. And his lawyer probably rightly was like, you tell me every lie you've yes. ever told because it's all going to come out. Yep. So this is a deposition. You got to be honest, good, bad, and different. <laughs> yep. You have to tell me everything or else I can't help you. Yes, yes. But like he says it without an ounce of apology. He or says remorse. it with nothing. He's not sorry. Because I think in his fucked up mind, he's like, well, it, it led to April being such an advocate. So like some good came from it. Yeah, kind of. Until like, he starts throwing the veterans under the bus in two seconds. Like, give me a Okay. Yeah. So when they ask him straight up, yeah. who do you think did it? I thought it could be someone uh, who was one of the veterans. The last choice was that it was someone in a uh, motorcycle gang. What motorcycle gang? The uh, Pagans. Well, I think it could have been one of the veterans she's been working with. To which all I can say is, oh, you mean one of the people who actually fucking served yeah, in the military? Piece of you shit. piece of shit. Like, like, what? Just to use these people and their story and their trauma and the fact that they are not getting treated well when they come home. Exactly. And then and you throw it, them under the bus. as well. Like, when you're obviously the fucking killer. Right. Like, I, who, who, like, flooded her memorial because yes. she did such good work for exactly. them, you asshole. But then he's like, because everyone's kind of, I feel like in the deposition, everyone was like, really? I, I know. And he's like, no, no, no actually. You're attorney. Your poker face, <laughs> it would, they would know right away they were so fucked. <laughs> God. What kind of a 
attorney do you think I would be? A litigator? Oh, yeah. You'd have to be a litigator because you would just get so mad, but like in the best possible way. I would be. We've Mike and I have discussed this before, like watching an SVU Uh where it's like if I would be because everyone wants to be Olivia Benson. Yeah. If you don't like look inward, (laughs) if you don't want to have like what she is. But it's like that would destroy my life. Yes. Because I would take every case home with me. I would be a miserable partner. I would be a miserable friend. Well, but maybe you could like maybe you could just like prosecute white collar crimes or whatever. So it's not like you're not super emotionally invested, but they're still assholes. Sure. And you can like still yell at them and be right, which is just what we want from you. Or I'd be like trying to get people out of prison. Yeah. Because I could still fight about that. Totally. But like I would I would be terrible at or I would be like a private eye maybe. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything? I don't know. (laughs) But I I would be really bad at like trying to solve like because I would it would stay with me forever Uh and I I would like destroy my life. Like Uh I wouldn't be able to keep a relationship. I wouldn't have any friends. Listen, if Stacey Keenan can do it, I think you can do it. (laughs) She's awesome. She's so good. He says, you know what? I think it's a member of the pagan motorcycle gang who killed April because these guys are into some super illegal stuff. And like, Nancy uh, Grace does not the like the pagans. Nancy Grace wants you to know right now, they are felons of the most dangerous sort. Right, shut up, Nancy. <laughs> like, we get it. We know. So, but like, would April really be involved with the pagan motorcycle gang? Like, and, I mean, we no. Just, we, Jim just told us that he lied to anyone, everyone he's ever met for decades. Yes. Long-winded stories about his heroism. How are you going to believe a word he says after that? And it's like, because she liked to ride motorcycles, suddenly she's involved with the pagans. Jim, please. I I know. Okay, Boomer. So put a pin in that because now we're going to learn that that Jim might be involved in insurance fraud stemming from his medical practice. So it's 2017. Yeah. Because now in like 2022, the cops get to like, they're actually working on the case because we were prosecuting it. So we're digging up all this dirt on Jim. Yes. And that's where we learn about 2017, this like insurance fraud. And I'm, I'm just thinking... How do you people do this? Aren't you exhausted between like, the fraud and the lying? I know. And the, like, aren't you tired? You're like an endocrinologist or whatever. I can't even say that word. Like, aren't you rich enough? Why are you doing insurance fraud? Or just like do good work. Do like really give a shit about the veterans or something. Yes. Really yes. like help people medically or something. But like, aren't you so tired of all the lies and the bullshit? I know. Well, what happens is the cops get a warrant to go search his office for the medical fraud. In 2017, and years t- after April's murder, remember. Yes, they get down to his office. He, They like knock on the door. Jim d- refuses to let them in and goes and gets a gun. A police body cam captures it all. You can see and hear him refusing to let authorities inside. I've won a gunpoint, Dr. James Coffey. And he has a weapon. Drop the gun! Drop the gun! For 45 minutes, there's a heart-pounding standoff. Drop the gun! At one point, Dr. Kaufman threatening to take his life. We see the cops pointing their guns at Jim. Jim is pointing their guns at the fucking cops. Suddenly, Jim's threatening to kill him. It's 45 minutes of a standoff. What's happening is Jim thinks they're here to get him on April's murder. It becomes very clear this is not about insurance fraud. No, because the the cops keep saying to him, like, let us in. Let us talk to you. We need to talk to you about this. They want to explain to him this is not about the murder. He won't let them in. Well, it is now, Jim. It is now. Exactly. (laughs) Like, you made it about the murder. Exactly. So, the standoff ends after, like, 45 minutes. Jim is immediately arrested, obviously. even if he's innocent, on all counts, yes. he still had a fucking standoff with the feds. He's so you're pointing going a in, gun buddy. at the cops. You're going in. The rich white guy is the only person who survives that interaction. Uh, for 45 you know, minutes? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, did they did they stop at Applebee's on the way home? Right. I'm sure they did. Exactly. Poor make Jim really got to sure work out. he's comfortable there in the back. Fuck off. So they seize a bunch of weapons, because yeah. he loved weapons, $100,000 in cash, 
And this changes everything. Yes. Because he he's not let out on bail. So Damon, our pal Damon, who was the, the, the judge who's now the prosecutor, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got all the time in the world to investigate the murder case. And then... Someone flips. Yes. A former member of the Pagan Motorcycle Gang. Wild. And he tells the investigators that Jim was sniffing around the Pagans trying to see if he could have April killed. Yeah. And like, see, there's always a little bit of truth with these people. Well, right. Like, with Jim, like, you know what I mean? Totally. Because the, the question is, wait a second, how would Jim have a connection to the Pagans? Like, wh- how would he even know? How would he sniff around? Good question, girl. So glad you asked. And this Pagan is here to spill all the tea because he tells us that while... During the day, Jim, Jim is running his, like, medical practice at night. Writing fraudulent opioid prescriptions for those pagans by night. They would come in and uh, be patients. And all of a sudden, you had a prominent endocrinologist that uh, was prescribing uh, opioids and all kinds of other painkillers when that wasn't quite his practice. And he's a like a major part of the opioid crisis that we have in this country. Yes, Thank yes. you so much, Jim. Thank you so much. You couldn't just like go to work and be an endocrinologist? Exactly. Like, are you serious? So, And Nancy Grace is scandalized. She says, what a bombshell. This respected doctor was part of a pill mill? Oh, God. She says pill She mill. loves her little wordplay moments. <laughs> If she could just be on the right side of history, know. you know what I mean? If she wasn't such a nightmare. Just once. She blocked me on Twitter. Did she, I tell you that? What? Like years ago. No! Yeah. I get blocked by Diane Diamond and I talk about it for five years. You get blocked by Nancy Grace, you don't even mention it? I think I might have mentioned it once. She blocked me. What did you do? I don't know. I th- I said something. Someone tagged me in something that she was... I can't, I honestly, I truly don't remember what it was, but I said something. I was like, she's always running. She's a charlatan. Or she's always running her mouth. Like, and whatever. And she blocked you. Insta-block. Oh my God, that is wild. So, Bye, I Nancy. Mean, the thing is, people don't realize, like, when you do that, my life becomes better. Exactly. Because you don't show up exactly. on my for you or yep. my little thing. So, like, keep yep, doing it. Absolutely. I love it. Saves, 100%. Saves me a lot of trouble. So, the theory is that, what the, the lawyers and the cops are saying is that April found out about all this. Yes. And she threatened to expose them. And she was probably trying to leverage this to get him to not be a nightmare about the, divorce. the divorce. To say, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do? Have depositions and get lawyers involved? Are you sure you want yep. that? Yep. And that's why he had to have her killed. So... Jim Kaufman is charged with April's murder. But remember that alibi, like the footage of him at the convenience store? Nobody thinks he's the trigger man. I don't right. know why. Like the 2020, this is not a bombshell. It's not a bombshell. You know? So it's just pr- like he paid one of the pagans $20,000 to kill April. Now, here is my, the, I said this to you before we started recording. I just want to see some evidence of yeah. this. Because all of this, that like, that this pagan who flipped even exists, we're just told that. That there was the whole pill mill thing and she found out and was going to like, threaten to expose him. We're just told that. Like, we don't have any actual evidence that that ha- I believe it. I love Damon, the guy, the yeah, prosecutor. Yeah. I just want to see some of the evidence. That's all. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think because we'll learn later it's still like an open an active case. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So I wonder if that's part of it. Okay. But like, am I surprised that the motorcycle gang has something to do with opioids? Like, no. no. And opioids. like, that this Sorry. like fucking shitty doctor is writing fake prescriptions. Like, no, I believe all of that. Also, I believe everything Kim says. I'm on team Kim. So well, if I Kim believe says that it, then... Kim believes it, but like Kim's not going to be shown the evidence either. You know what I mean? Like she's not on the inside of the investigation. Yeah. I, I still believe Kim. I think this guy did it. I'm just saying, like, I want some evidence. Is, yeah, is, are we, like, looking at a DNA match? No. Right, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. So, the killer... And ironically, that alleged hitman died a year and a half after April's murder of an opiate overdose. His pills prescribed by... You guessed it, Dr. Jim Kaufman. 
an opioid overdose prescribed by Jim Kaufman. Yes. So holy once shit. again, we are just told this. Like we're told this guy is the hitman, and we're told like. But like, I, what do you what do you want? Like, how do you want that proof to you? I was realizing at some point that we were just being told a lot of information. Sure, that's fair. And and usually we'll be like, oh, and we know he was the hitman because his there fingerprints was a hair were on, on the, the gun. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm just saying. All of a sudden, we're getting a lot of exposition yeah. and not a lot of like. This is how we know. I hear you. You know? Yeah, I guess I would just say if someone is like sort of you, like gets paid to kill people. Yeah. I think they would just sort of know like the shoes to, I don't know. I guess I'm just like, I don't know. you know, my, my whole thing with Damon is like, I really like him. I believe in him. He seems like a good guy. Like he seems like he's on the right side of history. But once we just start taking people's word for it, like that's yeah. when we get into trouble. And I wonder, well, the prosecutor wouldn't prosecute back in the day. And I uh-huh. wonder if Jim was like, no, like, don't look at my house. Like, I wonder if he, after he came back from the convenience store, yeah. like made it so that no, 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 like, don't worry. You know, like he didn't want people to search. He didn't want evidence evidence collected like who knows I know and I'm, I want to be clear I believe that this is correct I, I'm just saying it feels weird to me that like on a show like 2020 we're not seeing the fingerprint evidence we're right. not seeing the the whatever just yeah, anything yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. just told we, we're just told all of this no I hear you so while Jim awaits trial, he's kept in a prison far, far away <laughs> from the gang members because they don't want him to get killed before they can prosecute him. Yeah. Does it work? No. No. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> another shocking turn. Dr. James Kaufman dead. Officials with the Hudson County Correctional Facility confirmed that he died at 920 this morning. Jim kills himself in his cell. Yes. He did, however leave a note. And a nar- six-page suicide note. To which I say, narcissists are insufferable, but God damn it, are they predictable. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, yes. He needs to get the last word. He needs to make it all about him. Because He's like it's quoting not, Latin. It's not a confession. He's saying, no. I had nothing to do with the murder of my wife, and the fact that so many people believe that I did is the reason why I have to kill myself. And he's like quoting Latin, like things that the Roman gladiators would say to the emperor before they got into the Colosseum. And you know how I feel about Nancy Grace, because she's like <laughs> rightly incredulous about yeah. this. She's like, really? I know. I and know. I agree. Um, but he's like victim blaming April because what yes. he ends up saying in the note is that actually now that we're all here, so I get the last word in and like no one can say otherwise, April introduced him to the gang yes. and he was so shocked that they were all friends. And I'm like, right. And she was writing the prescriptions for them too, you piece of shit. Exactly. Like, remember how you lied about your war stories to everyone for 50 years? Like, yeah. are you out of your mind? No one's believing no you. No one is believing you. Shut up. And Damon comes back to say that their investigation shows that there's no evidence that, that no. April had any relationship with the Pagans, no, or the opioid scheme, right? Like it, like the story makes sense, right? He was a shady, shifty doctor who was doing this on the side. She wanted a divorce. He didn't want to give it to her. She found out, like she got a way out. It, like let me out of this marriage, or I'm gonna expose you. And yeah. he had her killed. And like not just like the opioid pills, but like. It would pull the thread about how he lied about fucking being in Vietnam. Exactly. And then everything is starting to fall apart. Yes. So he like couldn't have that. Yes. So Jim Kaufman is dead. The killer's dead. Now what? The prosecutor wants to get the pagan ringleader, in quotes. Yes. Because the prosecutor thinks that this ringleader conspired with Jim Kaufman to do the murder for hire. Like they just want to get somebody convicted for something. Yes. Basically yes. is what's happening. Because everyone else is dead. Yeah. And like, so I guess you're saying it's still an open case. Yeah, the trial is pending, the investigation is ongoing. They're gonna charge him with conspiracy conspiracy to commit murder and yeah. it's like those cases with gangs like like where they're they have their hands in everything like these, uh-huh. this goes on for years and like uh, it's one just one of those it's things. impossible but in the end you know we end with kim because we 
learn. Remember how that piece of shit Jim was like auctioning off all I of know, April's stuff? I know. Well, in the end, we learned. Remember when Jim sold off all of April's belongings? Turns out Lee Darby and Peg O'Boyle, dubbing themselves April's angels, swooped in. These women got together and they were on the phone calling people, raising money to be able to buy back things that belong to my mother. So that's how you got the last remnants of your mom's things. Yes. Kim calls them April's angels. They saved the day. There's a magical story because they give it all back to Kim, the daughter. And Kim says the very first piece that was given back to her, oh she opened it up. This had like been, Jim had auctioned this off to a stranger. Yeah. It comes back to Kim through the friends. They, these like April's angels raised a ton of money and were able to buy back, not all of, but like yeah. a lot of the items that were sold. And the very first one that is given to Kim, she opens it and there's a note inside to her. Kim. It's like a little champagne bottle in a bucket. It's like a little like ornament or a it's trinket like a little or something. Trinket, yeah. And you open it up and there's a note in it. That Kim had never seen before. And it says, Dear Kimberly, I'm gonna stop. I know. To Kimberly from mom. Whenever you look at this, you know you're always loved. You're so special. Best wishes for the rest of your life. And you had no idea that note was there. No, and I feel like this was meant to be. I feel like I was meant to have this. I keep this by my bed. It reminds me that my mom is with me all the time. Best wishes for the rest of your life. And it's from Love her mother. Mom. And it's like, she was meant to have that. Like I mean, someone Believe so what you want to believe, yeah. but something, stars were aligning that led that back to Kim. And like, she got nothing else back yes. to have that moment. Wait, of, like, imagine finding a note from your mother I years know. after the murder. And like, Kim's husband had a bench dedicated to her mother and sort of like gave that to Kim and it ends with Kim saying I think my mom would say to me you can breathe you, you can go on and live you don't have to be sad anymore I mean it's like it's so fucking heartbreaking and Kim like really and Damon like we can't take anything away from yeah. Damon for what he did but like Kim kept this going she yes. tried to sue this way she tried to like Kim was at the forefront of trying to get justice for her mother and it's unbelievably and beautiful she's so grateful to Damon because she's like the only reason I got any closure was because this prosecutor believed my story mm-hmm. and took action she's so grateful and to like him. so did the rest of his team it was yes. unanimous what's the most solvable out of 170 yes what's yes. the most solvable and everyone said this case yep. so you just need someone to like hear you and listen to you and believe like, in you and amazing things can happen and we can get justice for the shitty things that happen in this world yeah more of that please oh girl we did 2020 family secrets family called. secrets yeah. uh this was a good one yay um fam i'm going back out on tour and i would love for you to come and see me this is the last time i'm doing the traveling book party this is it but you're doing other things after there are other things that i have coming up but as far as like this traveling book party that i've been doing since last january th- these are the last five shows so okay i'm going to this is all happening in march i'm going to red bank new jersey columbus ohio cincinnati louisville where i'm drinking all the bourbon okay and then i'm finishing it out in buffalo Oh and God. I I love this show so much. It's about an hour long. It's funny, but it turns into a hangout afterwards. Yeah, we just stay and drink and dance and I'll sign books and just like meet you all. And it's a great way. I, at, at every single show, people are like, "Oh, I just met them when I walked in tonight. Now we're best friends and I we know. exchange numbers." And it's so it's great. a great way to meet people who are like you in your neighborhood. So get your tickets, PatrickFails.com. I really want you to come out and see me. Yeah, go see. So, fam, our regular Tuesday episode next week is another episode of that amazing show, Death in the Dorm. 
Arms. It's episode two. It's about the death of Christian Aguilar. And then on Friday, we begin our coverage of the curious case of Natalia Gray. So stay tuned for the trailer for Death in the Dorms and then our funny and hilarious outtakes. Yeah, here's hoping. And we love you. We love you. All right, bye. Bye. What should have been a great time of life and a great four years, it just became tragedy. You know, I want to find him. When he's still alive, I'm not going home until I find my son. Christian has essentially gone dark. We didn't find anything. We found no evidence whatsoever. It really was just a terrible story. It was a harrowing thing that happened to our campus community. All my energy was focused on the search and finding Chris. We were feeling unsafe. The freshman has gone missing. What is being done? Thought that was in the news, that was in the movies, but that's not the reality. The reality is that's tragedy out there, and it can happen. Oh, God, what did I just allow? I don't know what I allowed. Hi, 1-800-BIG-TITS. Yeah, 1-900. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, does she only have that one outfit, like the white blouse with the black vest? She wears it in every single thing she does. Yeah, then she she started going, like, the to the, the big, the, like, blue blazer uh-huh. and then a red blazer. Do you remember when we saw her? And I love a blazer. Rachel of Maddow course. wears the hell out of Oh, God. I, now we're going to talk about Rachel Maddow? No, I, I mean, we can't. Rachel I'd rather Maddow. talk about Rachel That's and true. Nancy. Just the... the the opioid, just the opioid thing. You're with like, a real hard time oh, with that word. Because I'm like <laughs> talking so fast. 